0: The Two Marks exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Loki, brought to you by the Two Marks. This time we are discussing episode two, the variant, and once again the Two Marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate, conversation and social commentary. Is this the start of a new Marvel detective show, Loki and Morbs? Has on rival Walmart and moved into big box stores? How many times will Loki be reminded he's merely a frost giant? And Where can I get one of those TVA jackets? All this and more will be unpacked in, in this week's episode. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr Mark Pollard.
1: How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you?
0: Better now, having seen episode
1: two. Oh my god. I love this. I mean, spoiler alert, people, I absolutely love this series.
0: I'm so excited for the whole... I mean, I know it's six episodes, which is very sad now in episode two, a third of the way through. I absolutely think this is the best
1: thing ever. It is. It's amazing. It's funny. It's exciting. Action. There's a little bit of emotion, but not too much because we don't like to get in touch with our emotional side. It's a bit of a who's done it type thing. So, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was very buddy cop, wasn't it? Whereas this is more, I don't want to say line of duties, that's a bit rubbish. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Sort of figuring out the bone collector. It's like the Bourne Collector.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of mystique. You're not sure where it's going to go. And there's a lot of kind of cat and mouse thing going on, isn't there, between the two main characters with Owen Wilson and Loki. Loki's very convincing.
1: He's quite low-key.
0: He doesn't keep it low-key, does he? (laughs) Whereas Owen Wilson's part, you mentioned it when we were watching it for a second time round. that... He's true to his form of his character, that everything he's in is always him, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he is Owen Wilson in yeah. everything.
0: He's like Robert Downey Jr., who I would never wish to replace as Iron Man. Every film he's in, he's just himself. And that's a wonderful thing where you just turn up for work and just be yourself. And everyone goes, Oh, you're amazing. Here's $50 million.
1: <laughs> yeah, be Tony Stark in every film.
0: Every film. Well, if you look at the Sherlock Holmes, he's just himself, but with an English accent. <laughs> isn't it? Everything due date is just him. It's Iron Man. And I wouldn't want to replace him because I think he's great as Iron Man. This
1: is so good
0: oh we've seen wandavision and we've seen falcon the winter soldier this is by far the best show
1: so far out of the three out of them the three, i yeah. mean i really liked falcon the winter soldier a lot of people were quite warm on it i still think it was good wandavision was a bit slow starting but i enjoyed that this one from the get-go it's just been brilliant
0: it's got everything you want really and i think it goes back to what i was saying the last episode is we built up more of a rapport with Loki as a character across the MCU movies. So, when we now see him in the TV show, we know all about him. So, when they have the little jokes about his background and the little things about the fact that he didn't know Asgard had been destroyed, we can buy into the emotional roller coaster that he's experiencing because we have seen all those things. So I just thought it was great for a second episode as well. I mean, that's pretty good, isn't it, to have high praise so early?
1: Isn't it? If you're listening to this, hoping for deep analysis that might challenge how good this episode is, <laughs> we, may, we may have just set out that this is probably going to be a gush-a-thon for the next hour. <laughs> we'll try not for it to be, but it does appear we've set our stall out early. I'll try not to fanboy too much, it. Uh, <laughs> we should explain to Marks, we're obviously nerds of a certain variety. We love dissecting stuff like this, as a result of which we have numerous different shows for you to gorge upon. We have disco Fever, which is a Star Trek Discovery show where we dissect each episode of the Star Trek Discovery series. We have Pick Hard Talk, where we do the same for the Star Trek Picard. We've got a film policy where we do sort of likewise for various films and TV shows. And then this one where we're focusing on Marvel stuff. We're doing a One Division One run through at the minute. We've got a couple in the can for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When somebody finishes editing them, and
0: any for Will Falcon? Are we?
1: Are we now? not totally. All right. I had not uh, tap it out. <laughs>
0: tell <laughs>
1: Maybe you should leave it in. This is your opportunity to get some justice. Free mark. Mandalorian, you meant? Yes. So we've got some Mandalorian coming through. So there's loads of stuff. The best way to get it is to subscribe to the Two Marks channels run all of the major podcast platforms. You can go to thepodstation.co.uk and go to the Two Marks tab, and you'll find links to all of those. If you can't be asked, just type in the Two Marks into the search field. Which, to be perfectly frank, doesn't sound like a huge challenge. No, not at all. But hey ho, we want to make. Life as easy for people as possible. You can find us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We throw up reviews so you can avoid stinkers and <laughs> save yourself a couple of hours of your life. You can focus in on the good stuff. When your Mrs. or Mr. says, Let's stay in for the night, is there anything good on you? Go, Aha, excuse me, just let me refer to my Bible of good stuff. Hopefully, we will guide the way. Like a shining light. We'll get you the brownie points. Yeah,
0: that's a good thing, isn't it? Actually, I we'll get that.
1: you laid.
0: Netflix and chill will just be Netflix. In fact, not Netflix, just chilling. Um, chilling also means actual encounters. Yeah. So actually, we're doing a hard work really, aren't we? So you we get are. a
1: bit of uh, rumpy pumpy. Yeah, we're putting in the miles so you can enjoy the for journey. For no benefit for us. That should be our tagline. <laughs> no benefit for us. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we put in the miles so you can enjoy the journey. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, deep. Get on there. We've got polls, so usually when the episodes drop, the Loki ones, certainly when other ones do, we throw up poll, so you can tell us. If you comment, we'll read your comments out on the show.
0: We've done that, actually, on Disco Fever, haven't we? We have. And our Talk as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: we've done those. Get on there and let us know. If you want to throw comments at us about the show generally, or ask questions, or make suggestions, then again, if you throw it our way, we will happily deal with them. You can email us, the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk Q&A. Yeah, we can do Q&A.
0: People's comments, a smaller show, a review show, as it were, to discuss what people thought, comments and things?
1: Yes, we should do. Or if you want to write letters, I mean hey, go old school. But no French ones. (laughs) (laughs) On Twitter we've currently got the poll going. In so far as the votes so far on episode 2 we have 71% who feel that shit just got interesting. I agree it did. Uh, With 29% doing the what? The actual thought which is obviously the, oh my god, that's amazing what's going on next. Nobody has yet voted for a trip to the archive or like Loki a bit obvious so no one's gone for those so far everyone thinks it's a hit. That's good. Um, we also had, and I'm going to mention him because he's storms us a couple of uh, moves, Insurance Breaker, as Message does, initially was trying to work out whether or not it was worth investing in Disney Plus on the basis that he's got subscriptions to 4,000 million other different subscription packages, which I'm sure anyone listening to this can probably sympathise with. We did go back and say that it is worth it now. I think Disney Plus has now started to drip feed us the good stuff.
0: Well, in fairness, what you can thank is COVID because
1: COVID has resulted <laughs> I'm not sure that's a sentence you should be putting together but yeah go ahead I, I'm looking forward to you justifying that statement for some things it might not be the
0: greatest thing ever but ignore the mass deaths well yeah every cloud the reason COVID's been good is because all the films that you would have had to go and see at the cinema are now going straight to Disney Plus you'll get Black Widow The Eternals Shang-Chi and The Ten Rings you'll then get all the normal shows that were planned you can still go to the cinema, I think they'll be on the cinema as well. But if you're a bit lazy and you're happy to stay on the settee, then Disney Plus is an investment.
1: It's well worth doing. Although, yeah. if you listen to this, you've probably already done it, so I don't know why we're trying to convince you. And we don't get any kickbacks from it, so quite frankly. Fuck them. Disney, you can do your own marketing. Synopsis. Amobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at the TVA is thrilled about the God of Mischief's presence. Discuss. Yes. Well, I mean, on the basis that we set our stall out as a gush a I particularly like the fact we started in 1985 and with one of the coolest tunes of all time which brought me right back to my university days in the Rouse, which for anyone who doesn't know is a nightclub in liverpool that should have been shut down 40 years ago for health and safety reasons where to get to the toilet you know in swimming pools you used to have those little square areas where you walk through well theoretically to clean your feet but actually just to Lots of jokes <laughs> amongst one another. They had one of those, but it was full of piss. Basically, people couldn't be bothered going to the toilet, so they'd wee in there, right. it'd fill up with wee. In order to actually get to the toilet, you had to leap over this. And obviously, if you missed it, and and the further on in the night, when the more beverages you consumed, yeah. the less, well, the more precarious it became. I think you paid £10 to get in. How much to get out? Well, <laughs> you paid £10 to get in, and it was a pound of drink on everything. So,
0: was it a really averted the floor as lava?
1: Oh my god. The walls were dripping wet because there was no air conditioning. If there'd been a fire, you would have all died. But it was one of the coolest nights ever. When that song came on, it just brought flashbacks to the dance floor where you've had too much to drink, you're dancing like a moron, but you don't care because the tune. And I'm dancing here.
0: Holding out for a hero, you're talking about. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So there's a few footloose callbacks there, isn't there? Yeah. The only thing that I remember from the baths is the people who wore the Veruca off and those ridiculous, baruka filthy baruka. people who had plasters on their feet that were not waterproof, and you watch them one's foot. <laughs> (laughs) and it was half lapping off, and you knew that when you were doing the breaststroke and you opened your mouth to breathe, that that was going in your mouth. flashback there, but not the ones that we wanted to talk about. No. Disney, or Marvel should I say, very cleverly, lure us in. It shows us this very old-fashioned Shakespearean town.
1: Ooh, you wily foxes. And then
0: 1985 pops up thinking, oh, it's medieval. It's an oldie weldy."
1: Now, I have a question, and please, if you're listening and you are one of these people, get in touch and explain. If you're going to one of these, whatever it is, dress-up things. Cosplay. Yeah, it's, say, medieval time. Who decides that they want to go as a bald monk you know like all the characters yeah oh, bald overweight men I mean most of you probably are already bald overweight men so why would you want to play that in the cosplay surely you'd want to dress up as like a hero knight or you know something cool not like the bald fat priest it's which... an
0: interesting question not the question you want to answer but it is an interesting question
1: it is an interesting it tell is. me if you're listening to this and you're one of those people I'm, I am genuinely fascinated to understand this I also particularly liked when they arrived and that lady pulled them up on on the costumes because if I had been organizing the event, that would have be been me going, Uh, you can get your asses out of here because you ain't wearing the proper pre prescribed attire. I have a few cosplayers that I follow
0: on my Instagram, and I mean, they put in the work, <laughs> I mean, they make all of the weapons and outfits, and
1: then you have the other people who go as monks. People, people like me who just turn up wearing a t shirt with what it with is, to, yeah. with a badge on. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've only ever been to one Star Trek convention. Mark kindly escorted me <laughs> to show me around, and we. Uh, we turned up. In fact I didn't even have a badge did I? We did. One of the days I think yeah. we put a badge on just to... You donated
0: some money and got a special badge. Special that was version. it
1: yes. We put it on just to make it look like we made a... them. Those people with green faces and We were going and... out photographing people. Oh they were we... amazing.
0: Yeah. Doing our own competition between the two of us of how many people we could see who'd put a bit of effort in.
1: We also were doing a bit of shit staring because any really pretty girls we were going in and saying, oh can we have a picture knowing that the fella standing next to him be like really hived off Would you just stand over there for it? See how far you could push it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We actually allowed a few uglies in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which was us?
0: (laughs) Which was us? I think it's called LARPing. Live action role play. Right. So LARPing is a bit like cosplay, but you literally follow it, the rules. And for example, a priestess, you'll have magical powers. And if you're a monk, you'll have certain things you have to do. And if you're a warrior, so on and so forth. I suppose it's like Civil War reenactors. It's that type of thing, but it's more of a fantasy variant. So this opens up thinking it's medieval. And then the 1985 comes up. The only thing of on note that happened historically in real life is that Ronald Reagan visited in 1985.
1: The main question that came out of this, thoroughly really entertaining start, is the mind control that the new Loki, she-Loki, we're going to refer to her as, uses on the soldiers.
0: Yes, what did you think of that? Well,
1: uh, initially, my, my first question was, does our Loki have that power? Because we haven't really seen him do it. We, we've seen him use the Mind Stone to do that, which is different because that's him using a magical item to achieve a goal what It's later referred to as as a charm. She's cast a charm, which suggests magic in the same way as, say, Wanda does it, you know, casts a spell almost, which is quite interesting because this is where you get the different Loki's. Do they have different powers? Because they're obviously from different universes, essentially.
0: Glad you brought that up. I would like to revisit that later if I can, because I have a prediction, or at least a thought, this could be something else.
1: I'll listen to it. You see, he's on a roll, because if you've listened to episode one, you will have heard Mark predict that he was going to be a female Loki and he's obviously sitting there like the cat that got the cream because he got something right for a change all on his lonesome as well congratulations Mark
0: insert round of applause here
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we also because we watched this through again together hence why I have a couple of notes (laughs) the fonts we're trying to decide now we may just be looking into this a bit more because the different fonts in the intro bit I think it's more to depict the different types of Lokis that we actually see when prepping to go into one of the missions and Mm. they're showing all the different versions of Loki. That's what the font is but you think there might be something else? Because it's Marvel
0: and because Marvel doesn't just do simple one-dimensional I have a feeling that there's possibly a code to whether each episode lands on a particularly different type of font. Obviously each font has a different feel whether it be a medieval one futuristic font whether these are where we end up on each episode for each variant of Loki. got a couple of Easter eggs on the ones that we see presented in this episode of the variants of Loki sometimes you can just look at things too much all it is is just a creative decision to make the Loki intro look a bit timey there'll be someone
1: out there though that's been through every single version of should have taken them hours I suppose good on you for having the patience to do it and bad on you for having the time to do it get a job There's all the things you should be doing with your life well while you're looking tell us what those bloody lift buttons do (laughs) yeah get in touch give us the answer sure they mean
0: something I think your answer is something I was thinking it could be, which I'll give at the end of the show, just
1: for extra Ooh, misty. tease. And I mean, then... talking of teases, I think I've got a thing for Miss Minute. She is great, isn't she? I don't just mean great as in character, the voice, it seems to inspire me. <laughs> Does it make your pants haunted? <laughs> Not quite,
0: but yeah. <laughs> no, M- it's the more voice. More Miss Minute, please. Miss Minute has more airtime as a cartoon than most main characters in other shows. If you think about Battlestar in Falcon Winter Soldier, just as a sidekick. Not even a sidekick, he's an actual comic book character, but didn't get as much airtime as a cartoon clock.
1: But it was quite a nice bit of comedy, insert comedy here, yeah. Yeah,
0: which I like. That's the thing I think why people like Loki as a character is he's supposed to be someone you dislike at the highest level. He's supposed to
1: be evil, well, he's isn't supposed it? Be evil yet. You can't not love him. But I think in the canteen later on as he describes not every bad person is bad and not every good person is just good. There's lots of grey, and I think that's probably a perfect description of Loki. What he's saying is I'm a complex person. There's some things that do push me buttons and make me feel like I want to help or do make me feel sad or empathetic and there's other things where quite frankly I'll just go completely off the rails about and that doesn't make me a good person or a bad person. It makes me a person smack bang in the middle. Psychiatrist
0: field day, wouldn't it? Comes back to what you were saying the last episode about it being nature versus nurture. And conversation I've had with people in the past where I think people are only nice when it's easy, and other people who think that you become by external influences. So if you've had a bad childhood or people haven't given you an opportunity compounded with a bad childhood, does that make you a worse person because of your lived experiences versus someone who's been born into money, never wanted for anything, been given everything on a platter? How is their life different to? someone who's struggled, you
1: may well end up being a victim of your own environment. On the basis you're on a roll with your predictions, bearing in mind what you've just said there, is he a lesser Loki or a better Loki than Miss Loki?
0: Well, if it's Lady Loki from the comic, then it's the same one, because the reason why this is important, on the intro, on his form, it says that his sexuality is fluid. Right. Now, the importance of that, normally I jump on my soapbox about all pandering, but the reason why this is actually okay, and I'm happy with it, because in the comic, Lady Loki is him as a female. Right. Not a different Loki. The same Loki. Right. And so that's why Lady Loki is massively
1: important. We don't find out that Lady Loki is Lady Loki We've until the end. Out, we? Yeah, we have. But by the same token, I kind of predicted that when you know they're showing all the different versions of Loki with the holograms when the preppings go into the nineteen eighty-five scenario. As soon as I saw that and it was showing all the different versions, I immediately thought, Oh crap, Mark's right.
0: Did you predict it after I predicted it? Is that Halloween? Well,
1: no, what I did was realise that you were probably going to be right and oh, essentially you, you ruined the rest of that episode because <laughs> I couldn't focus on the episode. I kept on being distracted as to how gloating you were going to be and how I would combat said gloating. You've
0: missed all the other Easter eggs, Miles. I missed everything else because
1: (laughs) you distracted me with hatred (laughs) and jealousy and envy. Wow. Speaking of envy, I love the TVA jacket that Loki had. Isn't it? Although, (laughs) we both agree it's not a jacket to wear out and about at the moment because if you walk around with variant on your back, you're likely to either wind up isolated for two weeks or getting shot
0: yeah, battered. Yeah. I think it looked good. I would probably just not have the thing on the back, as you say. <laughs>
1: I, in fact, I did Google
0: to see if you could buy them. And? You can. <laughs> From a legitimate
1: source or has someone created
0: these? There's people on Etsy who do this type of thing anyway and I imagine all they do is adapt what they're already doing to the latest thing, gotcha. whether it be Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. To not quite an official one but they obviously started to have like hooded tops with TVA on and thought, yeah, I'd, I'd wear one of those but obviously not draw attention to the fact that I could be carrying COVID. <laughs> <laughs> taking a what you said the advanced team that go
1: into 1985 get battered they obviously get their asses kicked and then they send the second team in to find out what went wrong I think the one thing I thought here was they were awful calm as that line sort of works its way towards the red I mean I know Hunter B15 I've written it down as yeah. don't be impressed because I did have to IMDB that B15 repeatedly nags going we're getting here we're getting near, but there's not like this mass panic because as I understand it if it gets beyond the red line there isn't anything they can do to reverse it so mm. it's kind of a cataclysmic thing Oh yeah, you're looking at doing and the line does seem to move quite quickly towards the red line so quite close to the top
0: isn't it on the visual so Owen like Wilson
1: that. was very relaxed about the whole Loki just killing time he had me
0: convinced if I'm honest when he was given his monologue I was thinking oh yeah don't go outside the tent and then it's all a big lie
1: well I thought they were going to ignore him go outside the tent and then get killed yeah see I thought that and then obviously
0: then very quickly they didn't go outside the tent and thought oh, okay there's some credence to this. What it shows is, the moment we think we've got Loki, sus, we haven't. We kick ourselves because we know Loki has a god of mischief and therefore we should never trust what he says. Because he comes through so confident and believable, you just forget the fact that actually he's a villain. So when he's given his monologue, I thought he was talking about Fenris, Big Wolf from Ragnarok. I kind of believed it. And then Owen Wilson's, like you say, just casually, yeah, just give him some time to talk his thoughts through. It's all a big lie, let's buy the time.
1: But, and this is the beauty of Marvel, this is why we love talking about it. He's right. Mm. What Loki is talking about in terms of the trap element of it is true, it's correct, that Lady Loki is trying to guide them to a certain point to do whatever it is that we don't yet know what she's trying to achieve. So actually, he's sort of right without realising he's right, even though he's trying to lie to dupe them to get what he wants. I made a note of this. Yes, I made a note. It's almost like, I know the two Lokis are from different timelines and are different people, but they are still Loki, and Therefore, when Loki thinks of something, the chances are the other Loki's also thinking of it. They might attack it from a slightly different angle. So, and I know we're jumping ahead here when they're in the hardware shop and he's going, Oh, let's overthrow the timekeepers. And Lady Loki's like, I'm not asked about overthrowing the timekeepers. She is, she doesn't necessarily realize it, or she's not admitting it there. But by creating all those divergent timelines, you are essentially breaking that secret timeline and therefore overthrowing the timekeepers because you're under mind in what they're trying to do and so albeit Lady Loki doesn't think he's right with what he's saying. Actually what Loki is saying is right and actually what our Loki is trying to do in trying to get his hands on the timekeepers to overthrow them is sort of the same thing that she's doing but perhaps with a different method.
0: Taking a different approach because he wants to overthrow them and stay out of time. He predicts what she does at the end of the episode and what she does at the end of the episode is exactly what you said. The sacred timeline is obliterated and thus she has taken Taking control of the timeline, not in the way that he wants to. Where he, whereas she... Lady Loki
1: just wants freedom to jump between yes. the lines, don't you?
0: And it looks like it'll achieve the same objective, but they're both taking it from a different vector. In reality, what he's predicted is the fact that she needed certain things. For example, she kidnapped T Twenty, who's got the technology to open portals, which she needed. And over, obviously, the course of episode one, you find that these time reset bombs have been stolen. The two bits of technology are required to achieve what we find out happens at the end of this episode, and so essentially, is a trap. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's clever
1: because it's sort of double questioning itself whilst not being untrue to itself at the same time. And I know that sentence makes no sense, but neither does this show, and that's why it's so amazing. We move on
0: then back to The Office. Mobius has a conversation with Ravona Renslayer. What is good is clearly they have these conversations all the time because those rings of where he doesn't put his cup on a mat, they must have these conversations regularly. I
1: mean, I commented on it that the whole office and the whole vibe of the TVA has that North Korea communist oppressive regime type vibe and the more you listen to this show the more that actually comes through because the timekeepers dictate everything they're in charge of everything very few people get access to them nobody is able to question them they just get told what happens which is very dictatorial Mm -hmm. in terms of how it's done and Loki used the word propaganda which perfectly describes this whole place everything is geared towards making the people who work in the TVA believe hook, line and sinker everything that the timekeepers want them to believe, which is where it starts to get interesting, A, with our Loki and B, with Lady Loki because they're very much questioning the timekeepers. Who are they? What gives them the right? I'm a god. What are they? If I'm not a god, then they're clearly not an all-powerful being either, in which case, who gives them the right to tell us? And when he starts discussing about free will and the absence of it, he starts to unpick, and I think Morbius is going to, at some point, I think he already sort of slightly buys into it, the free will and the timekeeper thing but I think at some point you will probably rebel
0: apart from the aesthetics if you consider the sacred timeline as one singular linear route or path taking it further if you think about a cassette tape it can only go forwards or back can't go any other way it's a one dimensional track so even the little things like that is all nuanced to focus on one direction not the band the music well, to be music.
1: honest the people who know who One Direction are completely lost you at cassette. They're like, what? A what, what? But well, they all turn around to the parents going, "Mom, Dad, what's one of them things? Yeah. It looks like weird technology that you can only find in the timeless world. Yeah, we used to listen to them as kids. <laughs> in fact, you were conceived listening to one of those. Holding out Loved for it. a hero. <laughs> Loved it. You know, it's a decent 40 minutes or something,
0: isn't it? 38 minutes? Yeah, it's a decent length. <laughs> never heard anything in blame
1: <laughs> it's a solid lead. I don't feel like I've been cheated out of me episode a bit like Wonder where some of them were really short and It's well, like finished already obviously at the end of each of these Loki episodes I'll be like oh my god I've got six more days to have to try and mm. control my urges and desire for more and what can I do to cheat the timeline the secret timeline to get more Loki instantly it's more because it's so great not because I feel like I've been cheated out of time when it gets to its end we'll be looking for to a season 2
0: or whatever next Thing is, for the time it is, you get a lot of exposition and the story is always moving.
1: Well, it's funny because they're only doing six episodes, which is less than the Wander. So, technically, I suspect Wander and Loki, when you add them up, are the same. But because the longer yeah. episodes, it feels better. It does. Maybe a lesson. But I think at the end of each episode, you
0: feel that like you've moved forward. You don't feel like you're just in a holding pattern waiting for the next episode to conclude. Let's take your Wander vision. You... It's not my
1: Wander vision, it's Disney's. Don't try and labour me with. One division.
0: You described it as the first and second episode should have been one episode. By the time you got to episode four, the three episodes really were not important to one of Loki. It skipped the it's, four
1: plague gone straight straight. The good it, stuff. Yes,
0: episode two. It's actually heating up now. Shit's got real. Well, so, according to
1: Judge Ravonna, who's a proper negative Nelly, by the way, she only knows one word and it's no. <laughs> she does not, don't she? She's not very happy. You can tell she's got to that power by just saying no to everything. When the three
0: time people are your boss who go, we just have. One
1: straight line you can't veer off it in any way you can't do anything new boring in it. That's why Morbius goes to bed and looks at magazines of jet skis.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? That he dreams of electric sheep, Now He dreams of (laughs) other things that he knows he can't do because it'll create a
1: branch timeline, which means he'll end up getting himself deleted. Well, you know he's going to do it by the end of this season, don't you? I mean, that was just a red flag going. By the end of this season, Morbius is going to be riding a jet ski because there'll be multiverses by then. There'll be nothing you can do about it, and so who cares about another multiverse if I get to ride my jet ski? Let's
0: ask the question, then, in terms of the prediction, what do you think is going to happen? episode six? Everyone's going to die. <laughs> that actually happened in Titanic. I
1: think there'll be loads of multiverses and it'll open up the ability for Marvel then to dip into whichever timeline they want. They can introduce Loki so the character Loki can perhaps continue infinitum but being played by different people because they've now got Lady Loki so if Tom Hiddleston has run his course he doesn't want to do it anymore and I sincerely hope that's not the case. He steps down, the new one steps in and happy days you've still got a new Loki but you haven't got that baggage of oh it's not really Loki. It's like well it's a new one they can have different characteristics they can have different motivations and there you are you kind of got an infinite sandbox to play in
0: well particularly with what we know about Doctor Strange 2 we know that Kevin Feige said that this will lead into the film maybe at the end of episode 6 we now have as you say chaotic ending where all of the timelines are freed up because of what's happened it's begun in episode 2 and if it continues in episode 3 we find ourselves in the second part of the series trying to fix it or rectify what's been done or we get closer to how this singular timeline is actually
1: affected. I think what it will do is build up so that the big end of this phase will be the time war in the multiverses and I think the headaches caused by what Lady Loki's just done will start to unfold in the likes of Doctor Strange and Ant-Man mm. and then by the end of that phase you'll have this just enormous shitstorm and, which will be the equivalent of Thanos yeah. and the Infinity Stones type scenario. Which
0: is good because we need a- another big part Well we we
1: need to build up to it and I think my biggest problem and it was with Spider-Man Far From Home and a bit the same with Black Widow movie it kind of feels like the day after the party you've had that huge party and then the day after the stuff going on and it's good and you want to be there but it doesn't feel as great as the big party. What's happening in Loki feels like it's starting the process of going up to the big party again so all of a sudden I'm engaged again and I'm like wow cool like Finding the first infinity stone and moving through that. I feel like we've just got the first infinity stone as in we've just unlocked this whole multiverse sandbox and right go nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean I have learned from watching the movies that actually you just allow Marvel to do what they need to do because they're very clever, whoever they employ to map all this out. And I know Far From Home wasn't received well. You had Endgame, which was just a behemoth of a film, and then to end off that phase, you then had Far From Home, which was like, oh hang on a minute, now it's the end of the phase, Black Widow being the start of Phase 4. And because of COVID it's all been kind of building up, building up, building up and because we've not had it and now we're going to get a whole plethora of films together. Far From Home kind of set up the multiverse and we know the new Spider-Man is connected to Loki, One Division, Doctor Strange 2 and they're all interconnected.
1: I'm not saying it's a bad film. It was like getting the engine running whereas Loki's now revving the engine if that makes sense. It's a palate cleanser after
0: the extreme destruction of losing Iron Man. Just lost three cast members. And also technically Hulk because his arms ruined spoilers one division touched upon it as well about what happened with the blip coined from the spider-man films it's all interrelated but i understand what you're saying i think it would have worked better if we'd gone straight into phase four as planned but we've lost 16 months once we get back into it and we catch up with ourselves, Black Widow, I think, will be a good movie. And I'm led to believe we'll tie into Endgame, but because it's all buffered together now, isn't it? Which like...
1: is annoying. It is. Just like the employees at the TVA. See that segue? Nice. Because the woman with the bell, the library yeah. clerk, it seems that everyone who works for the TVA is just an enormous bellend. Or been given a memo saying, whatever you do,
0: don't give Loki any files pertaining to our secret... Sacred well, plan. the
1: shushing people... And I mean, people who go, shh, and you go, well, you need to shh. No, shush I agree. is a noise. Yeah. And so by shh, you've now shh. People who make the shush noise are making more
0: noise than you were making in the first place. For them to tell you to shush, which is just ridiculous.
1: The best thing to go over and do is Punch just, know <laughs> the better way of doing it is just going over and very quietly so you don't disturb everyone else. Just whisper a really passive, aggressive threat into their ear. Got your kids. Yeah, just knifed your wheels.
0: The funniest one is when we went to the cinema and you went up to those lads and they were, they, were, they were very loud <laughs> you went over this lens in from behind between the two of them went to do, we do this hard way or the easy
1: i have a rule my rule is you've got five minutes to shut up it irritates me just having to give people the five minutes but bearing in mind you've got half an hour of adverts and trailers and just general crap before the film starts which is in part intended to obviously annoy you to death because you've got to watch it but also in part To get you to sit down, get your shit together, and get ready for the film. So that when the film starts, you're all settled, your popcorn's open, you know, everything's ready. And so you can watch the film in silence. However, there are those less evolved human beings who need five minutes to go through all of those things after the film has started. And I get a bit irritated by that, but I sort of go, all right, you less involved people, I have to pity you, so I'll give you that five minutes. But after that five minutes, it's kind of like, if you're still making a noise, one assumes it's because you don't care about everyone else who wants to watch. And at that point, it's usually a, at least 50-50 chance they'll say or do something <laughs> to resolve the situation. Yeah, and just on that occasion. I think there was only us and them in the bloody thing, wasn't there? That made it worse. No, it was. That's where my pet hate. First
0: of all, some reason the cinema's have the world's loudest things to buy, isn't it? Sweets, popcorn, nachos, the crunchiest things ever. As you rightly say, you get enough time to scoff them down, finish your conversations, turn your fucking phone off <laughs> and focus on what you've just paid £9.10 to watch. There's a reason why you and I go to the gallery. So if you're the Odeon, and not a sponsor, but we love what you offer. Uh, and although we're paying a lot of money for it and I'd eat stuff that I'd never normally
1: buy. It removes you from the idiots yeah. and puts you usually next to people on a date who are too busy trying to shag each other in the- in the chair next year and that's fine I'm happy for them to get it on as long as you do it quietly they can do whatever they want in their seats I'm just happy that they're doing it quietly I would encourage petting, I would, actually, petting.
0: I would have heavy petting as a, in fact cinema should do a promotion with the swimming baths and say you can't do heavy petting in the swimming baths come to the cinema and pay £25 for a season ticket or whatever get it all on get your tongue dancing going on while you and I in complete silence with people with 15 chromosomes or less at the bottom and we can just enjoy ourselves because actually what we do do is we get there
1: early and we eat all the loud stuff before we go in. We try, I mean, it reminds me of another story, I appreciate we're massively digressing (laughs) here, but when the first Lord of the Rings film came out, now I hadn't read the books but my mum and my sisters had so they were actually more excited about watching this than I was and it came out around about Christmas time so I went to see it with them when I went back home for Christmas and my mum being an habitual early arriver for everything was worried that we wouldn't get a seat so we arrived like an hour before the advert bits <laughs> due to start so by the time the film started my ass was numb because <laughs> we have been sat down for an hour and a half just so we could have the best seats and throughout the whole of the trailer advert bits there was no one sat next to me I was sat at the end of our little gang and there was about four seats into the middle and no sooner had we got about two two minutes before the film, this couple came and sat down next to me and he started eating nachos. So I leant over to me dad and clearly too loudly. Now, I don't know whether it was consciously or subconsciously. I'd, I'd like to think I'm more discreet than that, but I don't doubt that I possibly <laughs> am. I leaned into me dad and went, can you believe what are the bloody chances? I've been sat here for an hour and a half and then he plopped his ass down with that's crunching in my ear. Now, blessed, this guy must have heard me say this and proceeded to suck the nachos. <laughs> throughout the whole film. I've never seen someone so subconsciously trying to eat nachos as quietly as possible. So he didn't disturb me through the film. I regret to this day not just giving that person a hug at the end because I felt really bad. If you're out there and you're listening to this
0: show Get in touch. Get in touch. Like I still have black episode. Yeah, I feel
1: like. Anyway, Loki. Well,
0: we created a branch timeline with that, haven't we really? Right, We did, right.
1: Let's blow that timeline up and bring
0: ourselves back onto the sacred one. So the librarian who he's trying to get the files from has clearly been given a memo, wasn't she? You take give him the least amount of information and he has these files where he finds out, rather sadly, that Asgard's been destroyed.
1: Yeah, you see, this was weird because for a brief moment, he looks generally mortified, doesn't he? looks mm. really upset and then really moves past that quite quickly. It's weird. Do you we think that's for show though? I don't know. I don't know whether he, he rationalises it by being, well, it's not my timeline or it's not going to happen to me or mm. I'm never going to have to experience that because I am now in the timeless scenario scenario yeah. or whether it is for show i don't know it, it does seem to really impact him
0: well the one thing you did pick up on is only ten thousand people that occupy asgard which is the world's
1: smallest village sounds amazing no queues
0: well beautiful isn't it if you just go outside the outer rims just fields and nothing just well if you go into the,
1: the rims it sounds like there's nobody. fields and nobody yeah oh my god my could, dream place. How that? I'm going to apply for a visa to Asgard as soon as Covid allows. Well, actually, if you're in Asgard, it wouldn't even apply, would it? Social distancing is just a way of life. I did like, though, when he realises what's happened, the cunning ploy by Loki, how he goes and ruins Morbus himself. <laughs> is that not the world's smallest salad bowl? Was well, it a bit small
0: for a salad. I mean, a salad on its own is not the biggest meal you can have, is it?
1: Well, I know salads are supposed to be healthy, but that's like a healthy, healthy salad because there's nothing of it.
0: Well, I normally have two salads because there's not enough in one. <laughs> <laughs> and i know you have a side order of chips
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot doesn't it
0: it does but i quite liked his i say his but marvel's creative approach to find out that we now know the reason why lady loki is hiding out in extinction level events mm. which is a clever way because you're thinking well how can you not be picked up by this time variance authority find out if we can test this theory and go to pompeii
1: Well, again, Loki's lack of empathy. Now, I appreciate there is a a cataclysmic event about which he can do nothing, and therefore these people are going to die anyway, so it's not like he can save them as such. I can understand why he can rationalise it to a degree, but again, what you're doing is you're watching the mass killing of men, women and children, that must emotionally play with your heartstrings slightly, whereas both with Morbius, who probably seen it many a time, and Loki, who won't have seen it that many times, quite blase about the fact that there's this mass
0: destruction. I think there's a desensitising, isn't it, in something that you see all the time, and you have to kind of separate it, otherwise you become mentally ill. Loki's characteristics and his traits lend itself to just zero fucks (laughs) a given, and in fact plays upon the fact, but let's be honest, if he did try to save someone, what that actually does is create a paradox where you've created a branch timeline when in fact the extinction level event didn't create anything because it was meant to happen.
1: No, I know, but you don't need to have to have quite as much fun when
0: everyone's about to die. That's what we expect from Loki, isn't it? It was a comedic moment, even though really it shouldn't have been. And that's the point. Us as a viewer were giggling at him being blasé about Paul going, eat what you want, have this, have your last meal, and you're all going to die. <laughs> Take your shit
1: on the salad. Yes. It's not healthy anymore because you're yes. going to
0: die. I did find it funny that he'd released all the goats, considering that he wears those big Horns, which is a link to the goats, as he says, my horned friends. Yeah. If you see him in the Avengers, he has elaborate horns, and in fact, when they showed the different variants of him, there's the Viking Loki, he's all got the horns.
1: I was too busy stressing about how they were going to get out of that timeline before they were killed by the volcano. They didn't see him in any great rush as the mass, toxic, highly hot, combustible smoke cloud descended upon Pompeii, and they were like, yes, we're right, and I was like, get out of there. He just took his time grandstanding on the fact that he was right. Yeah, they didn't show them getting away, in fact things like that I do feel like those little things are I suppose very minuscule criticisms because they do the same thing don't they with the timeline in 1985 where they put the bombs down or as they're heading towards the red line there's no urgency it just takes away that little feeling of anxiety and tension in the scene that's a good
0: point I suppose maybe it's because they've done it so many times you know like you or I would be panicking on how long it's going to take that grenade to go off maybe they've seen through Visiting
1: different branch timelines, how long things took, or they know it's only going to take a fraction of a second, isn't it? And if you need a fraction of a second to get through the door, even before you get through the door, maybe you'll sustain heavy burns. Although, I suppose Loki being back in that world probably could survive stuff like that, being a god.
0: That's the thing we notice. He's got his magic back, hasn't
1: he? Well, he has it in the real world, doesn't he? In the timelines, he gets back what he doesn't have in the TVA. Well, it
0: answers a question you asked last episode, which was regards to the Infinity Stones, and the reason why they have no value is because they're outside of the time that they were supposed to be in. That's why the Tesseract, the glow, diminishes because it's outside of its period. I know, but
1: he could have picked up all of the Infinity Stones. He'd just pocket them all. He might not necessarily know what happens if you put them all together, but he will know from having used the Tesseract. Mine stones give you power, and yes. if you have more power, then you're more powerful. i thing what is missing is the Gauntlet, which makes them all work. Well, no, you can use them individually. You just can't use them collectively without something it's like it's the it. Gauntlet. But presumably, you'd steal them first and then figure that bit out further down the line. I've been Maybe. filling my pockets with them Infinity well, Stones. Ah, really? Oh,
0: Now I've realized the reason why they're worthless is because the time that they've taken them from has now been evaporated from existence. So those stones wouldn't work in another timeline. They are representative of where they've come from, which has now been deleted. Okay. For example, if he went to 1985, which he has done in here, they technically exist in that timeline. He's never come across them because he's in Wisconsin, but in that timeline they exist and then they immediately delete it. So now they don't exist and then they go to another timeline. So all they're doing is taking souvenirs, but the timeline that they came from doesn't exist and therefore they don't have the value they would be a duplication in another timeline whatever <laughs> that's your default answer to do with time god does anyone uh, else get
1: bored of him being right
0: I'm merely posing a solution to the answer <sighs> boring
1: get on but with it
0: moving on having been proven right with the fact that Pompeii doesn't show up as a nexus event they realise that obviously hiding out in extinction level events through time and then the kablooey sweets that the french boy now had- do you
1: think she left them on purpose as a trap? to lure them there, which ties back into the theory that Loki had when he was pretending back in 1985 that they were setting traps to lure you there. Do we think that was a lure, or do you think she just had some honour and gave it to the kid? It would be a rookie mistake to make if you didn't want to get caught by the one agency that's tasked with the one job to find yeah, it Yeah, it feels like a sloppy thing to do yeah. by accident.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's part of a bigger curve to the whole arc of the story that she knew, because this is the whole thing with time, which is going to make your head explode, she may well know what happens with him due to being able to observe what happens. I'm going to go into this a little bit deeper later on. But You've got a lot of stuff to explain at the end of this know, show, are not you? It's just because I don't want to give away too many Easter eggs beforehand. In my additional information, I've got, basically, she may well know what he does based on what you said, that she essentially is him, and also past behaviour, leaves little breadcrumbs to lead her to a position to be able to get the technology which opens those
1: portals Well she could have gone to Ragnarok to see Loki in action in his timeline really. Yeah.
0: without getting involved so she doesn't actually set off any alarm bells could have gone to these places, observed what happened then disappeared very quickly, kept a low profile and then go well I know exactly what he's going to do on this time so I'm going to leave the kablooey, TVA going to pick up on that, file it and then I'm going to have this happen, like I kidnap someone, steal their technology and then Loki's going to go oh it's a trap and basically create the thing that I to have. Happen. mm Boom done. We established that an event taking place. It's in the future. Roxxon.
1: I don't know who they are.
0: Roxon is a company. I think it's supposed to be a piss take at Exxon or one of the big petrochemical companies. But Roxon is the bad corporate entity within the Marvel universe. Have you seen Cloak and Dagger? No. On Hulu. It was introduced in Iron Man. So it looks like they've moved into rival Walmart. Not
1: sponsored. If you would like to. Two Max at thepodstation.co.uk.
0: They've moved into what looks like big box. Now, Rock's Court is the venue, end of days type event. So the team go there to find out where this variant is. And again, this is the time where we see that this magical ability, well, charmed, is being used to inhabit passers by, really. Even during the process, B15 gets
1: grabbed. He could have saved her if it had, had a weapon. That's very true. Which B15 took off him in oh. hilarious circumstances as well. Well, as a theme, the isn't
0: it? Because didn't she do that in episode one?
1: Yeah. Which would, hell no! <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. And she's absolutely right as well. You would not. It does make me... Question: Morbius a little bit what did he give them the weapons to him knowing that B-15 had come on got absolutely not or does he genuinely trust Loki because clearly doesn't he because he calls him out on a regular basis about it that's an interesting
0: dynamic and I think the two characters work well together because they both bounce off each other but he's a bit blase isn't he he should be following the rules and he does to a certain degree but then other things like the weapon situation he's literally going to give a baby a knife B-15, and B-15 who goes eh, hell no and kind of checks him on it, when in fact technically he's
1: her boss. In actual fact, B-15 takes Loki off his hands mm. because she doesn't trust him yeah. to keep a proper eye. Which, again, perfect logical sense. Just shows that He probably
0: wants to trust him and wants to give him a little bit of leeway to prove himself.
1: It's going to be interesting to see what powers Loki has that perhaps Lady Loki doesn't have and vice versa. It does appear they have different skill sets and we're assuming she's more superior whereas probably more likely they're just different aren't they which might play into his hands at some point like for example his ability to change his appearance and to project which he obviously explains in this episode to great humor because they already know i wonder whether that was dropped in as a deliberate explanation because either in the next episode or further down the line that's actually going to be a skill he can use to his advantage because either lady Loki can't do it or doesn't know that he can do that.
0: Or maybe a way to escape because he projects himself somewhere and he actually isn't there at all. Yeah. I think that's a good idea, yeah. I mean, they're obviously setting things up, aren't they, that you'll probably forget because you're so excited about the episode and you go, they told us all along, we weren't really listening because we got so excited. I think you're right, I think that's something that could certainly explain how season one ends. Lady Loki has lived a different life to Loki and her experiences are massively different to his. He's a bit of a, a narcissist. She says, no, about you so obviously there's other traits to her that we don't see with prime loki you know your thought about how she sprawls into the wider mcu definitely mileage there I think it would be a massive mistake, particularly
1: the fact that she's featured heavily in the comics. She was first introduced in 2008. Talking about getting all excited and missing things, my missus described me as a 10-year-old boy when we were switching the episode on, which is why I've now realised I have to watch the episode multiple times before doing this show, because I'm just so engrossed in being ridiculously excited when I watch these things. My ability to absorb anything of any great detail or fact is now an impossible, so I'm going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I can imagine just an exciting show, isn't it? A bit like the guy who's was doing the hurricane sale. Speaking of overexcited people. Now we know that it was a bit of a joke because Lady Loki was hiding the fact that she'd taken control of this person. The irony is there are morons out there who would do that. They see the word sale and they would risk life oh, and yes. live. You watch those videos of like Black Friday oh, my word. or yeah. you know Boxing Day yeah. sales and people are trampling over people and there's people punching the living <laughs> shit out of one another because they've both gone for the same last box of yeah. whatever it is and they're fighting over who gets it yeah. and you look at it and you think yeah th- that's not too far from reality. No it's true. As ridiculous as it There's a massive
0: tidal wave coming and I'm going to get a pile of shrubs.
1: I'm going to get some cheap plants yeah. because after all this is done I'm going to have loads of plants. Might not have a 40. house. <laughs> yeah.
0: After all this we find at the end of it the plan. The reason she's been stealing these time reset grenades and the reason she's now got this portal technology that she's stolen off each of those individuals that she battered in 1985 she's attached them to these grenades and she's formulated a plan to send to catastrophically destroy the sacred timeline.
1: Yeah, which I'm sure I mooted as a hypothesis in episode one. I need to go back and listen to this. I'm just clawing at something that I may have got right. By good luck or otherwise, I'll take it. Every win's a win in my book.
0: Oh, well, I'm sure if you've
1: said it, it stayed in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're editing it, you'll just I would back I mean, I wouldn't retrospectively be, yeah. delete it. I
0: wouldn't be that
1: mean. You noticed some... I mean, are, we're going to spoil an easter egg I'm sure you've got here, but I feel it's the appropriate time to slide it in. you spotted the beat because I said to you while we were watching the episode, I wonder where those bombs are going. And you went, well, I know. And showed me, and I was incredibly excited by this finding.
0: This is why you get excited because Marvel thinks of everything. There's a reason why this works, and DC doesn't. DC doesn't have any of this, and that's sad, isn't it, really? Yeah. You think about all the wonderful characters they could use, and yet we end up watching Batman again. <laughs>
1: the 15th reincarnation well,
0: isn't it though I mean how many times have they rebooted Iron Man never Spider-Man's been rebooted because Sony can't do a film properly but that's okay because Marvel have now gone leave it with us kid we'll look after you there's a reason why we get excited maybe for DC films and then we remind ourselves after walking out the cinema why we didn't want to go and see it Marvel we get that excitement the whole plan she has culminate with the fact that she's sending all of these bombs to different points in time which for the benefit of explaining the locations that are shown if you pause it on the tva readout the locations are vormir for those who know endgame is where the soul stone Red Skull is, and we also know Red Skull from Captain America, who could pop back up again as one of our villains. Asgard, we know from Ragnarok was destroyed, so maybe it doesn't get destroyed. Thanos' homeworld of Titan, we know who Thanos is. Xandar, people who watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1 will know that's Nova Empire. And- well,
1: sorry to, to rewind slightly about the Titan, the part of the reason why Thanos goes through the whole Infinity Stone process is because of what happens on Titan. Yep. That doesn't happen, it doesn't create Thanos, and yep. therefore doesn't create the Infinity Stone store yeah. absolutely right and and the other thing with that it takes it further because Thanos being
0: linked to the Eternals also the Celestials one of the other locations is Ego the Living Planet which so we find out in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Peter Quill's dad is Ego the Living Planet who says he's the last Celestial now we know he kind of isn't with the Eternals coming up we may find out an origin story does it mean that he doesn't die first of all and in fact it means that Peter Quill isn't conceived because this bomb resets the timeline boom mind explodes does Black
1: Widow not die because well, they don't need to get the themselves. So, I mean, all of, the, all of that. This was at this point, my nose started bleeding, my brain blew up, and the thought that have we just wasted 100 hours of our, and we haven't wasted them because they're amazing films and TV shows anyway, but have we theoretically just lost 100 hours of understanding where this is going, only for the whole lot to be reset?
0: Well, absolutely, because the other thing, it goes further. car <gasps> was mentioned, which is a trash planet created by the Grand Master from the film Ragnarok, and then Kree-occupied planet of Hala, is also one of the locations so we've now got every single filmed link to an event that if it was reset does exactly what you just said and means that none of the things black widow doesn't die Thanos doesn't happen guardians of the galaxy doesn't happen
1: all of it but what we might learn and perhaps this was depicted by all the different time threads that start coming out is that what lady loki has cleverly done is set them in a way where it creates the different story arcs. so this story arc would be created if ragnarok doesn't happen not necessarily all of these things don't happen in the one timeline because then you're essentially just creating a second sacred timeline aren't you whereas what they're actually doing is right that branch is off there because Ragnarok doesn't happen that branch is off there because Titan doesn't happen so Black Widow might now live but in one of the timelines not necessarily the one that is essentially the sacred timeline if that makes sense so we might come across her again in the future but not necessarily on the timeline that we would consider to be the one we've been watching up to this point. For the benefit of the listeners what we're saying is that The
0: MCU timeline is, in fact, the Prime sacred timeline because they explain that what happens in Avengers Endgame was meant to happen. So, for example, Captain America branch timeline, all the other ones, unless they say, well, he was meant to do that anyway. Interesting how that's going to develop. Lady
1: Loki, again, going back to Prime Loki predicting something that is perceived as being wrong but actually might transpire to be right. He is talking to her at the end about his plan to want to overthrow the time keepers and if they team up they can arguably do it together and she gives the impression that she's not interested in overthrowing the timekeepers she's got her own plan that's got nothing to do with that which is fundamentally not true because the now slightly out of sync soldier admits that she's given up the location of the timekeepers which I can only assume is because Lady Loki wants to get rid of the timekeepers so that they can't foil her plan or because she does want to overthrow them now actually either of those scenarios is essentially overthrowing the timekeepers, which is what Loki was saying, albeit again they were coming it from a different angle. And I think this is where it's going to be interesting to see that a lot of the things that I think will be dismissed as our prime Loki being wrong or not getting it right, actually might be right, but just from a slightly nuanced angle.
0: I think we've been given a lot of clues at the moment through excitement or simply the fact that it's moving so fast, which is interesting because it's about time we will overlook. And at the end of the series, we go, do you know what? We were told all along, because I've got another possible prediction. We'll explain why Loki gave the exposition to why he can do his projection thing, and the abilities that he has. The other thing that happens, which just finished the episode, is he's presented with an escape, and there's that moment, as I was watching it, thinking, oh, you're going to do it, because you want to prove that you're not the same person.
1: But you see, going back to what he says in the canteen about there's nobody who's bad and nobody who's good, Everyone is grey. I think this show is going to be fundamentally about grey, so the TVA hold themselves out as being good because they protect the sacred timeline and actually when you think about it they've got three entities, lizards Mm. who control everything including free will so they have enslaved everything to follow the story that they are dictating well to that end you've got to be on the side of both Lokis who want to overthrow that or undermine that or change that because essentially what they're fighting for is free will which is kind of what we would all do which means that the people who we perceive as bad guys and I appreciate it's very hard to fight the corner of Lady Loki who's killed many, many people to get to this stage. But the principle for which she seems to be fighting, albeit for her own selfish purposes, is she wants to be able to do what she wants without three lizards telling her how it's going to be. And that's not a bad thing. So all of a sudden, the bad people are possibly the good people and the good people are possibly the bad people. But actually, as Loki says, neither of good or bad, they're all just fighting in the grey area.
0: I think it's also a matter of perspective, isn't it? I think yeah. when you're trying to do good sometimes you can get far away from actually the real point of where you started and then you end up being the villain.
1: Well the TVA staff believe they're good because they're upkeeping that principle that they've been fed but Lady Loki probably thinks she's the goodie because yeah. she's freeing people of the enslavement of the timekeepers so as you say whoever's side you're sitting on you see it from their side and you suddenly go "Hmm, actually you've got a point there
0: well if you consider the book The Amiga Man the Charlton Heston film in fact which was remade to be I Am Legend the twist to that story is he's going out killing all these vampires of a night and he's actually the legend that they talk of because he's killing their people so the twist is he's the villain yeah definitely food for thought there Loki jumps through the portal we'll see what episode three brings
1: so exciting now you've been teasing us with some easter eggs all the way through this you've just been toying with our emotions just luring us into the witch's house made of gingerbread, (laughs) ready to push us in the oven. I'm ready now to be pushed in the oven. Cool. It It won't be. there's no no oven. Okay. (laughs) That's reassuring.
0: Well, in my additional information, apparently when preparing for the role of Mobius, Owen Wilson didn't do any background research into reading the comics or anything. So in
1: fact, Tom Hiddleston spent the time telling him the whole story of the MCU. If you listen to an interview that the producer, whose name escapes me, I mentioned that and forgot her name in the, the last one they got Tom Hiddleston to talk through the whole development of Loki as a character to help them understand with the writing and producing of this film so he's done an awful lot of explaining. He'll be got paid for all this time. Explains why he may be executive producer
0: credit as well as the fact that he's been Loki for the whole time. I just think it's funny that Owen Wilson's got the part doesn't know anything about the comics and Tom's gone come on sit me trailer I'll tell you all about the story. He does seem like
1: the world's most laid back human being.
0: I think he's a decent guy I could visualise him sitting with a nice pot of tea some crumpets and just sharing with Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson comes across as a very laid back
1: chilled guy how stereotypical have you just made that British actor very Crump- crumpets and tea have some tea and crumpets uh, and cucumber <laughs> sandwiches they shall follow with the crust
0: cut off I just see them two of them having a good chat and he's just like yeah this is great and tells more just dead laid yeah, back yeah man yeah isn't he he's just dead laid back that and was
1: just... a horrendous oh, I don't
0: me or you mine mine is
1: also by the way I don't do accents very well no, at all if you leave this in I apologize to the listeners, and if you take it out, then you've saved the listeners, for which you should be grateful.
0: I think we should leave it in. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, the other thing which is interesting about his name, which I said to you, it's not quite a palindrome, but Mobius, B-Mobius, or whatever it is. Cast your mind back way back to Endgame, the time-traveling thing that Tony Stark comes up with is called the Mobius Strip, uh, which is about time travel. Also, one of the things I noticed, this is going to get proper deep in your head, is going to explode all over the place. There's a reference to what's called zero. Ve- Energy, which is interesting because zero matter has been referenced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and actually linked to the Inhumans. It's called dark force, which is negative energy drawn from parallel dimensions. So that's what's been referenced in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The other interesting fact about zero variance, the principle within quantum mechanics is, particularly for being observable, in the quantum zero paradox, which is that a system can't change while it's being observed. If you're watching it, atoms can't move or change, which then brings you to the Schrödinger's cat paradox. What? While you're watching something, atoms can't move. What? Is that true? It's just been proven by Cornell University, for example, in terms of time, in terms of quantum mechanics. While you're observing something, it won't change, which is why Schrodinger's cat, because if you understand the paradox of Schrodinger's cat, I'm going to assume you do.
1: I've heard it, but I can't remember it.
0: so Schrodinger's cat is, there's a cat in a box. You don't know whether the cat is dead or alive, and so at the point of observation, the cat is both dead and alive. The moment you take the lid off, you can't change it because it's either dead or alive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's me just fainted <laughs> he broke me
0: one of the interesting things I noticed is in the room when he's talking to Judge Renslayer he puts his cup down but she says to him put it on a mat and the mat's a hexagon which if you remember the big thing about WandaVision was it's all about the hexagons was the hexagon the one where she did the hex at the end well the hex is kind of a link to the hexagon but the actual area that she occupied
1: was the shape of a hexagon Uh okay so I just thought it was either a nod you don't know though do you I mean, it could it, be it couldn't be the, the beauty of this is, and everyone who's listening to this has probably done the same thing, it just gives you copious reason to delve into something that possibly wasn't given a second thought, but some stuff is, and you kick yourself when you miss it, because you go, oh,
0: it was there! You can go too deep, or you cannot go deep enough, and the problem is, is because everything's connected, and we know one division is connected to Loki and all the others, the hexagon may be just a throwaway, it just might be happenstance that it happens to be a hexagon shaped coaster, or it could be a little nod to the fact that what happened, because Berta mind.
1: Loki goes into Doctor Strange and Wanda does.
0: All of the shows are connected but the important thing about WandaVision is Wanda is in fact a Nexus level event so they could have been picked up by the TVA at some point. They haven't done anything about it. We don't know that yet do we because we're Uh... we're watching it again quantum mechanics we're watching it in a
1: closed environment or did they give her a free pass like they did the Avengers (laughs) talk about double standards Uh, that still bothers me (laughs) I
0: suppose it's a blank canvas and they just go well it's meant to happen was it though I bet you there's a report somewhere that says it wasn't at all redacted I just like Wanda so I'm just gonna give her a pass let it go Oshkosh Wisconsin the importance of that it's an actual attribute to a key figure within the Marvel universe Mobius M. Mobius is in fact based upon Mark Grunwald who is the editor and writer of something the characters who came up with Crossbones US agents that we've seen in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think he lived there. Got you. The other thing that we touched upon, the fact that she has this power, which was reminiscent of how Wanda deals with people when she touches them. Also, a little bit how Vision did, where he touched people and got them to tell them. In 20 years time, it'll all come out. But <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> He touches them. I can't say that I touch can't say the sentence without me. Manipulated. It still sounds bad, but it's, it's less than touched. Yeah. Manipulated. He manipulated people by touching them. For them to open up to say, let me go, I'm a prisoner <laughs> in Wizard. <laughs> I've <I'm> committed now. <laughs> you just go for it. Go for it. In um, for a penny. For those who study studying you know, Operation U Tree, it's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> the way he touches them, their eyes kind of glow, don't they? <laughs> I don't know. I'll take your word for it. If <laughs> you've
1: touched and manipulated people and their eyes have glowed, I will take your phone. <laughs> no, no, no. I, for the record, have never seen anyone's eyes glow because I've never done it. So I just thought
0: it was reminiscent of that, which will maybe be explained later on. Uh, in the trial. In the trial, Your Honour. During the period of time when they're going through the different variations of Loki, we see the frost giant Loki, an explanation to the fact of his heritage that he's a frost giant. We also
1: see him wearing a yellow jersey, which suggests the Tour de, one Tour de France. <laughs> Probably with doping. I was going to say, yeah. That's it, okay. We can say that now. I, I think we can. see It's well come out in yeah. the wash. Cycling appears to have been somewhat tainted over the years
0: absolutely glad you brought that up because we also see the minotaur loki the loki with a onesie viking loki and they tie into various iterations during the comics he's been in dragonfly as mentioned now this is a place where you normally go and take your weapon to be sharpened but in fact in the comics dragonfly is the name of a character i'm not sure if that's a little nod to that another link to the fact that we're reminded that loki is in fact an ice giant is when mobius refers to him as the ice Runt. laufi's son means son of laufi king frost giants in north mythology
1: yeah that's. That's why all the Scandinavian like football players always have son at the end of the ah, name. It's son okay. of yeah. whatever it is. If you remember, Thor Odin's son, because he's the son of Odin. I, I knew know. something! Hurrah!
0: Hurrah! Ding, 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 ding. Just something to keep banging on about, really, which is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: them are traditions.
0: Now the other thing that was in the library 372 which alludes to the comic book 1986 issue of Mighty Thor which the TVA's Justice Peace plays a major role. Ragnarok was mentioned. It was interesting that they had 10,000 people. Well
1: 9,000 I think you'll find they didn't even have 10,000. No, you round it up don't you because it's embarrassing. <laughs> Anything sub 10,000 you're thinking why bother. It's just, just so few people. We don't know how big
0: it is though do we? I mean it does kind of make you think when you think it's being destroyed like mm, alright. Their football league must be rubbish. Yeah, and rugby league. All of
1: them. Well all of them They're because the rugby league, how many teams league. well they couldn't they couldn't have rugby league and football because there would be enough people to play unless they did both sports. But yeah, wow. It's not only rubbish for sport, it's also rubbish for treats. Because they don't have any cakes like and buns, they just have berries and fruits. I mean Christ, me and you would be would be crying for thin.
0: We could capitalise. We could go through the buy get some stuff. From cash and carry and take it
1: back. A bit like those kids that used to do on my school bus where their Pockets. bus stop was just by like an off license. They go in there, buy 20 quid's worth of sweets and then sell it for like 50 quid. So all the kids, bags of sweets for two quid and they go and buy them for a pound. We could do the same thing. I'd just
0: get like a Trabant or something, to wheel in, get some cosplay to look like we're from Norse mythology.
1: Well, I'd go wearing a Thor t shirt
0: <laughs> <laughs> to blend in. <laughs> I'd have the Avengers one. And they go, I don't know who these people are. Like, oh, you'll know. Depends on so what we're Bag of sweets. <laughs> and a bag of sweets. a bag of sweets. Do some bonbons? What is this magic you tell me of? Put it in your you mouth. It. it explodes with sherbet and pops. Put it in your mouth and suck them. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sweets. And then you hear the police coming through the bifrost. like, the follow us. Touching, manipulation. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> the other thing on the file in the TVA that he's looking through is the the Revengers, which is a reminder of what Thor came up with. Is it in Ragnarok? Comes up with it. I uh, wish we we'll quickly get... <laughs> oh my god how many more hour four (laughs) pushing Hulk from the Rainbow Bridge which is an interesting callback to the Ragnarok film but in fact the wolf Fenris
1: takes Hulk off the ribs. but he was never there for Ragnarok he He must have read the report that's where he got it sorry if everyone who's listening to this is going uh, obvious I've just cottoned on we know
0: what actually happened which gives us an example of how things can change based on different variants the other thing that was a cheeky nod was when they're going to stab me in the back and he's like I would never do that and in fact actually uh, Agent Coulson yeah, and he's like, "You have Thor. A, you." Have, well, we... Thor killed him by stabbing him in the back,
1: metaphorically and literally. But
0: probably a goat. A little cheeky nod to the fact that he wears massive big horns on his helmet. Uh, hey, yeah. Roxon is the huge corporation that comes across all of the MCU.
1: <laughs> Everything sounds think, dirty now like we've dirty. got into yeah. that mindset, doesn't
0: it? Lady Loki is introduced in this episode, but in fact was introduced in a 2008 comic. My other prediction or possible suggestion, based oh, on we go. to end and round off my Easter eggs, is. It's the person we see, in fact, the Enchantress. And I'll give you two reasons why, or three reasons now, he explains about being able to project. However, he also uses the word enchanted when she's touching people, which is what the Enchantress would do. But upon further deep, deep delving, if you look at the foreign credits, the word Sylvie comes up. In the comics, Sylvie Lushton is in fact the formidable sorceress that is empowered by Loki and she controls people.
1: Wow. So she might not be Loki. So I
0: think he's projecting the facsimile of Lady Loki also explains why when she touches people their eyes glow the clues are being led going to throw it out there and where, whether we find episode 3 it's not Lady Loki at
1: all but it's actually the Enchantress do you think he's overreaching himself, listeners? Let us know. Comment. Has he chanced himself one too many times? He gets it right once. Does he now think he's going to get it right every time? Getting ballsy. <sighs> Let um, us know. Not to
0: be confused by the ridiculous enchantress from the DC universe that if you've seen Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, God, my God, yeah. yeah. That one. This one that will be, travesty. That-
1: now, we forgot to do this. We normally give the episode a rating out of 10, which is ironic because we're now giving the shows as a whole a rating out of five stars. But I think we should stick to the max out of 10 for the episode just because because we have why not now we didn't do it for episode 1 and we completely forgot largely because I don't think I did any prep work whatsoever what would you give episode 1 out of 10 then move on to episode 2 I wrote in my notes last week that it was going to be 9 out of 10 Ooh. For anyone who's listened to our previous shows it is a bold move on Mark's part It only goes on about how You've got to no give yourself gone, room no to go yeah. blah, blah 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 Nine Okay You give yourself room to manoeuvre What are you you in episode two? Nine out of ten oh, There is no way that episode one and episode two Are as good as each other Episode it... two is clearly better than episode one
0: I don't know I think they're on the same
1: level oh, You are so possible. Could... No, not really I Bet you would give episode one nine And
0: give us episode what, two ten Yeah, I would <laughs> So the point goes back to what the perennial conversation is. What if episode three is much better than one and two? What are you going to give it? 10.5
1: or 11? Yeah, no, but you can't hover on nine on the off chance that one episode might be better. turns out at the end of that season, you've given them all nine, but actually you thought one of them was better. Anyway, do you know what? If it was going to be... No, I I was going to say if it was going to be ubercritical, I'm not going to be at all. Episode one was a nine and episode two was a ten. I just think they're brilliant. Absolutely faultless. At the moment, they are... exactly what I hoped Wanda and Falcon were going to be. And whilst I enjoyed both of those as a series, this one is just ticking all of my boxes. And I I can't even quite fathom why. I don't know whether it's because it's a new universe, it's new stuff, whether it's Loki as a character. I I don't know what it is that's floating me boat with this, but Christ alive, keep it coming guys. I think this is exactly,
0: I was looking forward to this type of excitement with Wanda and with Falcon. They've not reached the limit that I would have expected for a Marvel show.
1: They've developed story arcs nicely so we've obviously, I think with Wanda we've tiptoed into the, is she going to become a baddie and a very powerful baddie at that because she's become almost unhinged by the grief that she's experienced with falcon the winter soldier we've looked at the effects of the blip which is great because as always with marvel it's a big story arc and they don't just leave it flailing in the wind that's going to have a lot of legs to run on it but both of those things kind of feel disconnected insofar as they feel like things that might become relevant in the future whereas i think we're lucky with the whole multiverse thread it's like this happens now it's relevant now it's going to be really really important to all of the stuff that we're going to be seeing right now and so i think because it feels more timely it makes it more exciting because it's like yeah we're going to get stuck into this now and it's going to be really really important right now i think the reason why i like it is because i've got more synergy with loki as a character you went and used that word didn't you do have to pay money i think you should have to do because i hate that word but go on keep synergizing (laughs) with loki I think it's because we've bought into
0: him from the very, very beginning. If it had been Captain America, I'd have exactly the same buy-in. Bruce Banner, same thing. Iron Man, same thing. Because these are now kind of your second generation Avengers, Falcon
1: has only come in the last three movies. Just... We do have the same emotional investment, do we, no. I guess? No. And I think yeah, I think you're right that's...
0: there. If we'd have seen Winter Soldier from the beginning, and we'd seen his story arc grow, particularly when he was in Wakanda, we'd have more buy-in. And Falcon, technically, he's not a superhero of any kind. He's just been given technology by Iron Man.
1: And I don't mind that. I think As you say, there isn't that same emotional buy-in because he's been a very superfluous character to Captain America. So we've only got really, really tiny snippets into his backstory Mm. by proxy of being in the Captain America films, whereas with Captain America, with them being core films about him, we've had the full influx of his story. Whereas I thought the TV series of Falcon was to perhaps do that very thing. And I feel slightly more invested in him now we've got to the end of that series but not in the same way that I was by the end of the first Captain America movie again not perhaps to the same extent that I was by the end of well I suppose I didn't quite buy into Thor completely I liked Thor the character but I didn't quite buy into him fully until Ragnarok where he reached that precipice of all of a sudden he was a really complex character because he was still that brazen confident powerful dickhead that you met in the first film but had become so damaged by life experiences that mm. there was more to him by the time we got Infinity War mm. but
0: with Falcon they shoehorned him in where he could because you think he hasn't the cameo in Ant-Man where they're trying to steal something and he kind of popped up didn't he in Civil War and he was a bit
1: of a dickhead about it as well in Ant-Man which I don't think did his character any good
0: no because let's be honest you've been chosen because you're mates with Chris Evans with Captain America or you might
1: be Chris Evans as well
0: <laughs> I don't know you see I saw
1: him I hope I'm hoping wrong about this guy but on Formula One they normally interview people you know, at the starting grid just before it goes and mm. quite often they run around with a microphone and there's loads of celebs okay. milling around because they've all got the VIP badges yeah. and so they'll shove a mic going, right, who do you want to win? Is this your first Formula 1 experience? And the Sky Sports guy, not sponsor if you want to get in touch, <laughs> uh, shoves a mic in his face. Not two. It was Martin Blundell who used to be a, a racing driver right. so that's why I think he gets some nice access. Always so, oh, this year, first time on the grid and he probably... I mean, like, really quite rudely dismisses the guy and pretty much tells him to fuck off with a look, which uh, 99% of the time these celebs don't. Obviously, they're, they're used to getting stuff shoved in the mouth, and if they're not feeling particularly in the mood, they'll very tactfully go, Yeah, it's my first time. I'm, I'm sorry, I've just got to go. Yeah. And then they move off. So I'm hoping he's not either got him on a bad day or yeah. he just felt a bit invaded with his privacy and he is a nice guy after all. In which yeah. case, maybe Chris Evans needs to look at his friends more
0: clearly. Probably. But I mean, He's only got to be the Falcon because Tony Stark gave him technology that allows him to fly. That If it gets destroyed, that's your only thing that makes you the Falcon. He's Captain America's mate. That's it. If you think of all the other people, you're either very, very strong or you're a multi, multi-billionaire. Apart from that, actually, extremely intelligent. Falcon is only as good as what he's wearing. Apart from that, then he's just a duck because he can't fly.
1: Oh, I'd see what you did there. We've digressed. We have, we massively, We've got, massively yeah, digressed. If you want to know our thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then check out the show which will be coming out very shortly.
0: We haven't done any of them yet, have we? No. They will be in a different timeline. Well, we have done them. I'm actually editing.
1: We haven't even done the shows. I'm already giving him a dig. Interesting time. I'm such a bastard. We haven't even finished the third one of One <laughs> no, we No, nothing. We've been sidetracked by this. So yeah, I think that. Well, I, I think that's like... it. Yeah. We, we get in touch if you disagree with our opinions. If you missed something, you think we're an idiot, then get in touch on the socials we mentioned before. Using the email, give us a review. It'd be really cool to get a review, positive or negative or bothered. Just some feedback would be nice. Any any feedback whatsoever would be great, mate. Fun as always. Can't Absolutely. wait to do this next time. Episode this time three. next week, yeah. Thanks for tuning in Bye Bye Excelsior
0: Get social at the two marks on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram Also check them out on YouTube